Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. The efforts to deprogram the changelings of Earl began successfully, with Retreat rallying the recovered to put others through the process. They now wield a large, fine metal hammer with a spike on one side of the head, taken from an EDU guard. Retreat's tactics are effective, but they are also causing mass confusion amid the guards and the general population. Condivis viewed this as an opportunity to depower the central column ahead of schedule. Revealing his new inky hand, he showed you that he was ready and willing to begin. After quite literally putting the fear of God into him, Condivus agreed to wait while you took up the matter with Antidius himself. But rather than going to Antidius, the four of you descended to the wind-down room in the greenhouse, seeking out the furnace within. Though the furnace bears warnings against misuse, it does not have any instructions for how to disable certain magic effects running through it, such as the creation of the elven water fog throughout the city. Knowing the bulb must be somewhere beneath the wind-down room, the decision was made to take the direct route. Darvin, flexing some of his power from Cade, ripped open a fissure in the floor. After twenty feet of stone, a thirty-foot deep chamber was revealed, in the center of which burns the bulb. Darwin was the first to descend, jumping down and using his slow fall ability to land safely. Leaving Cyril in the room above, Finnegan and Arnis decided it would be safer to climb down a rope. Before either of them could join him, Darwin inspected the chamber. Other than the bulb, Darwin's attention was drawn to strange runes carved on columns and on the floor surrounding the bulb itself. Although he couldn't interpret the runes, Darwin was able to determine that it's the same language as the tattoos on Akiri. As all three of you stood before this bulb, you noticed there are no exits, save the fissure Darwin opened and a cylindrical chimney high above the bulb. Before you could decide what to do next, Antidius's voice rang out in the chamber. He is very disappointed that you would threaten Condivus and then leave him, awaiting your arrival. 
and Tidius will stay his hand for four hours. If you can't reach him before then, the Antidians will begin depowering the central column. Now then, before we do anything with this bulb, we need to roll for divine charges. We forgot to roll for them last time, but it's almost appropriate that we roll now, because being this close to the bulb has an interesting side effect. Darwin and Arnus, please roll for your divine charges. But roll an additional 1d4 and add those to your count. I am doing the same for rebellious charges, though. Arnus, how many do you have? Seven. Mm-hmm. Darwin? Six. Six. Well, I'm very glad for the extra d4, because all I have is five. Low rolls all around. Low rolls all around. Mm-hmm. I rolled a one on the d4. Yeah, so uh, did I. I rolled a one on the d6, so... <laughs> the d4 got me a three, so that was something. Otherwise, I don't know what I'd be doing. Nothing. But yes, being this close to the bulb and having a divine connection, you are just naturally able to tap into that power a little bit more. Finnegan, unfortunately, not being divine, you don't get any extra boost from this. But this is a highly, highly magical thing in front of you. And yeah, if you, if you could somehow harness any of this magic, it would be very powerful. But it sounds like we might be here for the opposite of that. I know last time you had said that you wanted to come down here so that way you could figure out a way to turn off the elven fog. Or turn off the elven water fog. Is that still the plan? Sorry. Now that you're all down here with this bulb, see these runes. What is it you want to do? Well, I mean, I wanted to figure out a way to kind of turn down the magic a little bit up there, right? To get that fog to go away. I didn't expect there to be like an off switch. But now that I'm looking at it, I don't know if I can figure out how they did it. How would they know what to do? Oh, I guess they had all of Earl Earl's memories. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> How did they know how to manipulate the bulb? Duh, idiot. Practice uh, for well over a hundred years. Right. I'm, I'm a moron. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if there's any, like, investigation to be done or something. Like, just knowing what we know about bulbs, seeing if we can figure out, like, is there something different happening with this one that we could maybe change? Um, of course there is. There's investigation. I think Arcana might be a little bit more precise because this is magical stuff. You could try to investigate the runes. This being a language that none of you know, uh, the DC would be very high. Or it could be history because perhaps you read some long forgotten tome. But yeah, it's really the two things we have going on right now in terms of this bulb. You know it is highly magical. You've been inside one of these before, Arnis. Darvin, you've certainly seen a couple, a few of these at this point. Um, but I know you're not the most magical of people. No, but I could probably do a history check. Sure could, sure could. And Finnegan, if you want to tinker at all, just say so. I'm not about to start poking around this giant 
super magical thing I don't understand. So I can, uh, I'm not going to do much more than see if I can kind of look at it or note any sort of way that it might be manipulated. Like I'm not going to start poking at it, but if I can read something or infer something based on looking at it, that's about all I'm going to do. Okay. Let's go down the line here then. Finnegan, which skill would you like to use? Uh, you know, either Arcana looking for like any sort of maybe runes I recognize, or I, I could see investigation working here too, just poking around. I know I'm looking for an on switch, so let's look if I can on switch. Okay. Arnis, what skill Definitely. do you want to use? Definitely Arcana. Okay. And Darwin, what about you? Which skill would you like to use? History, I figure maybe I read something in a book at the monastery. Mm-hmm. Always possible. Always possible. All right. Let's go ahead and roll. Oh. Let's take this in the same order. Finnegan, what did you get? A 24. Ooh, very nice. Arnis? A 28. Oh. And Darwin? 13. Oof. Well, Darwin, I am sad to say that in all of your history classes and readings, nothing specifically about how to interact with the bulb or about these runes came up. Probably have read something about how bulbs are intensely magical uh, and how that they've been, mm, I don't want to say at the core of all cities, but a lot of major cities tend to have them. Hell, I mean, even, even Capris had one. It was a little guy, but they had one. Just maybe wasn't of note enough. Okay. Finnegan and Arnis. With your Arcana checks, both quite respectable. I think the first thing that you're able to figure out is that the bulb is, yes, giant burning source of magic. Very obvious with that one. But what you're first able to figure out beyond that is that it's almost like magic is constantly being cast from it. Like not just a single casting that it's maintaining, but just repeatedly. Like new new instances of light, of minor illusion, major illusion, things like that, prestidigitation, you know, all sorts of different visual effects and sound effects. And it's not things that you're seeing or hearing here. Those are traveling up through the chimney, up into the central column and being dispersed out including things that are for, like, fog, and then ways that that's twisted around to incorporate in whatever makes the elven water. There isn't, like, an access panel, so to speak. It's not like there's a control panel where you can just go over there and type in what you want. It is that someone, or someones, with very good working knowledge of the bulb has manipulated it in a way such that these effects are constantly being triggered. It's a big city. More importantly, it's a very tall city. So a single casting wouldn't be able to reach everybody. So it's just kind of always going off. Anything you want to do with that information? Um, does it seem as if we could prevent it from casting? Like, like if I wanted to stop it from casting the spell that's causing the fog, is there a way I could do that? I mean, there's got to be, right? It hasn't always been casting this. Yes, there has got to be. <laughs> you may not personally know it, but yeah, any magic that can be cast can be stopped casting. 
but how to do that uh, is not obvious yet. I think the first role was just like, what the heck is going on here? Okay, we know what's happening here. What do we do about it now? A way to turn off a specific effect? Absolutely. How to do that? More roles involved. Or trying things. You know, you can always experiment by doing. Or you just try to turn it all off. But then why would you be so upset at the Antidians? Anyway. How's that ring work again? Could you fill it up with spells? God. (laughs) That is, I mean... It's something I could try. Mm-hmm. I mean, more to maybe absorb them than to, you know, steal the spells. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although I guess if it's constantly going off, Scott could certainly try. Scott's react. I mean, I would love it because it's something that could go wonderfully and it could go terribly. That, yeah, that would be my concern. Is the terribly part? <laughs> well, because it's like, hey. That machine gun is laying down a lot of fire. I'm going to go catch some of those bullets, but not all of them. Like You don't know which ones are going up there in particular yeah. that are the spells you don't want to interrupt. And even if you do, like you're still exposing yourself to them. Yeah, it's not my first choice in dealing with this. It's a brilliant plan, but a dangerous one. Shan, do you have any thoughts? I mean... If I could pinpoint where the spell was, sorry, flipping to make sure. Flipping through what now? My book to Ah. see if they, yeah, okay. I mean, if I could pinpoint which spell was which, I have access to dispel magic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, theoretically, I could make that work. In theory, yes, yes. You could try that right now if you wanted to, or you could do more investigation to try to figure out which one it is. So you don't, or sorry, so you reduce the chance of you turning off something that you don't want to. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea before I just cast, start casting things willy-nilly. All willy-nilly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So that's what's happening then. Further investigation. I think so. I think it sounds like the smart thing to do. Yeah. Alrighty. Darvin, would you like to do any history or arcana or investigation here um i'm not sure i'm not sure one thing i will say i had thought about this for your first role but if you do go in and try to investigate or check something again Cade in your head would be willing to give you a little bit of a boost a little bit of a hand here like oh you're trying this again why didn't you say so let me ah okay well, then, yeah, it probably is worth checking again. Okay. Which would you like to roll? History again or something else? I think history. Well, I th- so this time I think it would be asking Cade what he knows. Okay. Okay. Could we call that history? Yeah, we can call that history. You could roll history with advantage there. Cool. He'll boost you up. All right. And then Finnegan and Arnis, you're doing Arcana again? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Cool. And Darwin, yeah, Kay, because this is like specifically something that a demigod would be very interested in. Very good chance of him knowing something. Cool. So let's all roll again. Well, that was much better. All right, all right. Finnegan. That's very good. It's a 29. Ooh. Even better than last time. Arnis? 25. Oh. I mean, it's still plus 20, so damn. I know. And Darwin. 
a crit. I rolled a 19 and a 20. The total's yes. only 26, though. Mm. I gotta, I gotta think of some good history crit bonus to give Darwin here. I gotta think about what Kate's gonna know and be willing to spill the beans on. All right. So Finnegan and Arnis still doing very, very well at these Arcana checks. From the first roll, you're like, hey, this thing is just constantly casting spells. There's all sorts of magic just constantly being triggered here. Boom, 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 boom. Being shot up the chimney, dispersing throughout the city. Further investigation does allow you to sort of peer through the magic and pick out individual threads and determine, you know, this is street lights, probably. This is light type stuff. This is warmth. This is fresh smell or something. But you are able to pick out a few of those that seem to be dedicated to the fog. Few is just a rough approximation. There are some. And those are constantly, constantly just firing off. In terms of the bulb itself, there's not like one specific spot that they're all coming from, but they do seem to be coming from the same spots when they fire off. Darvin, crit on history. What is Cade going to know? What is he going to share? Hmm. What does Cade know? What does Cade know? What is he, what's, important, what's relevant here, actually, I think is more of the question. In your head, Darvin, as you're looking at this and kind of trying to place... Before I go any further, Darvin, are you investigating the bulb itself or the runes? I'm going to go with the runes. Okay. Because those are not totally overlapping. There's a Venn diagram going on there. So, Darvin, as you're going over the runes, trying to figure anything out, see if you've placed them before, Cade's lending some assistance. And you can hear him in your head. Well, Darvin, I hmm, haven't seen these in a long, long time. The language isn't so much as forgotten as it was hmm, not erased, but purposefully left behind. I don't know all of it. Never fluent, but I have seen it before. It definitely seems to be referencing the magic in the bulb here, but the language itself, the language itself is the language of the punished gods. I never did know which gods or what they did to deserve punishment, but yes, yes. Do you have any follow-up questions for him, Darvin? Yeah, um... Is there anything else you know about the punished gods? Speaking of them was considered taboo. Trying to learn more about them was heavily restricted. All I know is that at some point in history, long ago, ages past, there was a god who was two. There was one who was two, and they were punished. Sorry, there was a god who was what? Punished. Oh, sorry. Um, there was a god who was two. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Kind of like, you know, what if Olenir were two people instead of one? Okay. I see. For what crime I... My father would never tell me. Well, Barifax has many records that are off-limits. Darvin, as I'm hoping you would recall, 
Barofax did have those three huge tomes about different types of history. The history, the secret history, and the true history. Some of that stuff is just off limits, unless you do something for the gods. Okay, I see. Yeah. So we need to bribe Barofax or something. <laughs> it's possible that my father would know this language. Uh, the punished gods themselves. Corum, of course, I would suspect. Aranus, had he chosen to take the knowledge of Pathox, might as well. It's far too late for that, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all that Cade can know about it. At least not without any other information. Any other new information. So what do people want to do? Darwin and Cade are having a nice little history conversation. Finnegan and Arnis, you're pinpointing some magic coming from the bulb. I think with this beginning understanding of the bulb, I really want to see... Like, I have a desire to try to figure out how it's supposed to be manipulated. Like... I know mm-hmm. now that, like, I feel like if I wanted to, I could point to where one of the areas where the fog's being cast from and start casting, you know, counterspell and stopping it that way. I don't have the energy, spell slots, or time to stop it that way. So I want to see if maybe now that I've got a little bit better understanding under my feet, I might have better luck trying to find an off switch or a manipulation console or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Harness or Darvin, what do you want to do next? Well, I'm not sure, because my next thing was going to be, well, if I can tell that, like, fog is being cast from there, even if it's more than one casting of it, I was going to just try to dispel it. But mm-hmm. I don't want to do that if it's going to F up what Finn is trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think if you are working at counter purposes on the bulb at the same time, it might impact one another. Like the chance for it would be there. You could always lend a helping hand if you wanted to. Well, then that's what I want to do. I want to lend a helping hand to Finn if I can. Assisting Finn. Uh, you thinking it's just another Arcana roll? What are you thinking, Scott? Probably, but real quick, Darvin, is there anything that you want to do while they're working on this? Did Kid say Coram might know the language? He imagines that Coram would have to know this language. Coram is, you know, one of the gods. He's been around as long as... <clears throat> but Coram is unfathomably old, so... Yeah. Do you think I could pray to him to see if he'd give me any additional insights? Oh, I think you sure could, buddy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that sounds like a religion rule to me. Yep. So let's see. It's going to be a religion roll for Darvin. Finnegan, remind me again what it is you're trying to do. Find a way to interact with the bulb, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Arcana or investigation, I think, would also work. But I think Arcana is more fitting here since it is just a giant ball of magic. But investigation might help you notice just, you know, anything that looks even slightly different. So I could see either one working. So it's up to you what you want to do. Oh, my bonuses are the same, and I've been doing a lot of the arcana looking. Let's see if the uh, investigation doesn't help by looking at it from a different angle. Okay, okay. 
taking off the magic lenses, putting on the inspector lenses. Arnis is going to be assisting, so you'll have advantage on this roll. Okay. Arnis could be maybe helping you guide through a magical lens while you're looking at it from the analytical lens. It is a 29. Ooh, buddy. Darvin, rolling religion to pray to God, huh? Yep. What did you get? Oof, not so good. I got a 10. Oof. Indeed. Okay, okay. Investigation, investigation. Finn and Arnis investigations. Finnegan, I think as you and Arnis are investigating the bulb, looking for anything that might stand out, that might indicate a way to interact with it. First, it occurs to you that you're probably the first three down here in who knows how long. There's no doorways. There's no other access point besides the hole that Darvin opened up in the ground. So any manipulation done to the bulb had to have been done from farther away. Most likely in the furnace room, because that seems like a very easy access point. So as you're investigating it, you realize there's not a specific spot on the bulb that you need to be doing any of this from. But you do realize that there is a way, there must be a way, to filter and channel magical effects to ask the bulb to do something that it's not currently doing. Spellcasting and spell effects are created through various means. Motions, drawings, runes, words, items. It's just a matter of, you know, which does what. And the bulb is not making any of these spells consciously. It's not the bulb deciding, I want to cast Elven Water Fog. Someone had told the bulb to do it. So even if there isn't a way to open up a book and point to a spell and tell the bulb, cast this, or stop casting that, there must be a way to communicate with it to change the magic that is coming from it. So it's not so much that you need to stop any one of these given spells. That's an option. But it's also just possible that you change the effects. It's just a matter of... How do you want to do that? Do you want to do it by altering a spell as it's being cast, kind of like down to the roots, or snuff it out? Yeah, I think you find that positioning doesn't matter, but if there's a way that you can twist a spell to change it or to turn it off entirely, that would work. You don't know which method would be best for that, but any method could potentially work. All right. I think with that investigation role, it, we're pretty much getting to the point where if you don't have an outside expert who's done this before, you know, somebody just has to try something. Because big ball of magic, constant spells being mm. cast. Magic seemingly unending unless you were to turn off the bulb itself. Okay, well, I'm going to share this with the team. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. look to Arnis and be like, you've worked with these things twice now. This is... Mm-hmm. Let me think about that. All right. Well, also, while you think about that, harness, I need to do it in the accent. All right. While you think about that, Darwin, rolled religion, trying to talk to God. Darwin, you get a response from Coram. You've been touched by Coram magically. You know, you paid this price. You are his acolyte, so to speak. You get a response. What's the question that you have for him? Just if he can 
just if he knows anything or can tell me anything useful about what the runes say. Mm -hmm. Maybe what do the runes say is the question. Mm -hmm. With a 10, unfortunately, Korm is going to be less than gracious about this request. Darvin, I don't know what you're doing there, but that language is forbidden. I will not translate it for you. Leave it alone. Forget you ever saw it. Some secrets are meant to be kept. Oops, he angry. <laughs> I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you found something that the gods are trying to keep under lock and key, and uh, no, he's not willing to help you out with this. Uh, not with a ten. More poking and prodding or other convincing, maybe. But just with a, hey, God, what does this say? Mm, it's not going to happen today, buddy. But you do get to find out that it is something he is very purposefully keeping secret. I will share what I've learned with the group in case it's helpful. Ah, that is good. Please do, because I walked away. <laughs> also, because all of that was in your head between you and Cade and then between you and Corum. <laughs> Um, basically all this is written in a language that's forbidden by the gods, the runes. Okay. Cade recognized it and said Quorum would know it. Quorum knew it, but refused to translate. Because it's forbidden. Why? Well, nothing ever happens easily, does it? All right then, Ernest. Based on what we've learned, if someone's going to be poking around with this thing, it does seem as if you have the most experience, so... Have at it, brother. <laughs> Just like that. I am here to support you. Oh, thanks. That's that's comforting. Um, Whatever people want to do, you can go ahead and give it a try. If you got nothing, I'll throw something at you. I mean, I will introduce new elements, but if there are still things that you want to do, let's do them. Okay, let me just be clear about all the stuff that we've just learned. Mm -hmm. Am I right in thinking that I could like toss a dispel magic at this thing and like try to direct it where I want, but it might not go where I want. Um, that's what dice are for. Yes. Okay. So like, I know what I'm targeting. It's just a matter of like how well I do. It. Okay. Mm -hmm. the precision is very important here. Giant ball of magic. Remember. Could get out a curie room and just see what happens. No, no. Seems like a really good idea to me. Uh, it seems terrifying to me, so I'm not sure. Okay, I have... He'd probably just steal the magic. Quick, Darwin, while they're distracted, let him out. <laughs> and then he'd be a god again. Well... That seems like a good plan. That doesn't seem like every other god would be coming to smite our asses. <laughs> but he would protect us because he'd be in our debt. I don't think he would. I think he's cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> Two things can be true. <laughs> he can be cuckoo and also in our dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but does one cancel out the other? I don't know. I don't know. Do you want a cuckoo god on your side? I don't know. I've already got one. So, I mean, you know. Wait, which one? Me. I don't want anybody shoving me out. <laughs> You're not cuckoo. How do you know? You won't even let a Kiri out to play. No, I won't. Okay. Okay. Before I just do that, mm -hmm. I want to ask if you'll let me do something else. Can I use a divine charge or two 
mm-hmm. to, even though I don't know the language, try to tap into like godly power and read the runes. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna force your hmm. When you when you killed Patches, Pathox decided to snuff him out instead of taking his spot. You did let all of his knowledge go away. But by obtaining godhood within the bulb, there's a chance that some of the collected knowledge of, say, all the gods connected to you would be available. It's just a matter of prying that open. Hmm. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. One, just because it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think think it's going to be divine charges to attempt and then a roll to access information. Let's see. I'm looking at the, the, the divine charges thing just to get an idea of how many you should be spending here. You have empowered spells and you have divine charges. Mm, mm, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. You need to beseech knowledge. There is a spell that you don't know. You could know, but you don't know. Comprehend languages. Uh, oh, this is for spoken languages. Oh, no, you also understand written languages, you see. But you must be touching the surface. Okay, okay. I think if you spend one charge to try to connect with this spell, for one, comprehend languages, and then another to target this specific language, and then roll history. So two charges and a history roll. This is probably going to be wasted charges, but I'd rather try than not. We just right in. Here we go. All right. It's an 18. It's an 18. Better than I was expecting. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. So, Arnis, you tap into your divine charges, and you're trying to pry open knowledge that is, I don't want to say lost to you, but you're trying to pry open knowledge that is not your own. Tapping into divine magic, tapping into the knowledge of the other gods that you're connected to, running your hands over these runes, trying to translate it. Now I need to figure out what they actually say. (laughs) I got the gist of it, but let's see if I want to put anything into fancy words. Are you focusing mostly on the rooms that are around the bulb itself, or are you going around like the walls of the room as well? Uh, I would be focusing on the ones around the bulb. Okay. Do you know what I love? Absolutely love. Darwin's like, silent prayer. Hey, Coram, read this for me. Coram says, this is forbidden. Ignore this. You never saw this. And Arnus is immediately like, we'll see about that. And goes to translate it. All this talk about not wanting to piss off gods, and here you are just immediately going against one's wishes. And the odd thing is, what you can read here, Arnus, not everything. There's probably a few runes here and there that just don't make sense to your head. But reading this, none of it seems forbidden or taboo in words alone. A few of the phrases that you can read here around the bulb. A knot in the fabric of the world, a tangled source of power. 
a bulb from which true power grows. The bridge that opens the world. None of it, on the surface, seems like divine secrets. Like, punishable. What is someone going to do with that information? It's, it doesn't specifically talk about who the punished gods are. It's just, it's the same sort of like highbrow euphemisms that you would see in a church. Whoever put these runes here, and however long ago that was, because it is a very hidden language, uh, most don't even know that it exists. You know, they weren't trying to carve in some code to unlocking magic or destroying magic. This is what you see here. This is the potential for what it can do, but at a very grand, high-level view. A tangled source of power. It's a bulb from which true power grows, and it's a bridge that opens the world, whatever that means. But mm, it's not about how to control it. The magic isn't here to be... Well, I shouldn't say the magic isn't here to be controlled. The magic is here to be used. But how you do that, the runes do not specify. Okay. All right. I'm going to tell my companions what it says and say this might be helpful at some point, but it's certainly not helpful in the moment, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Man, I wonder what would happen, what you would read if you were touching a Kiri right now. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just me being, me being <laughs> silly. Me poking at the thing you don't want to do. All right. Given all that, does anyone want to try anything with this bulb? If not, I can introduce things. I mean, I do if nobody else has any other ideas. I will I do not. actively assist Arnus, but I, I, Finnegan does believe that Arnus is the best person for this. Mm-hmm. I think with Finnegan's investigation that this can be manipulated from, you know, anywhere that you're near it is good. Arnus, you know that when you went into the bulb in Vermilion, you had much stronger connection to it. But that was more about the divine threads of the people and the gods within the world. You don't have to go into it, is what I'm saying, like the last time you interacted with a bulb. But I'm also not saying that you should stay out of it. Cool. Helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can operate it from outside. You can try to go in and drive the car yourself. Okay, everybody. I'm on one side. I'm on the other side. Um... I'm trying to decide which one I feel like is safer on all counts. Like, me being in there is probably more accurate, but then what happens to you if you're inside a bulb when you turn it partially off? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Uh, I think I'll stay out here. Okay. Um, see what we got. Alright, all right. What do you want to do? You could try to disable a magical effect, or you could try to alter the spell into something else. So I want to try to disable the magical effect that's causing the fog by casting Dispel Magic. Okay. Well, since this is kind of continuously cast, and with all the investigation and arcana stuff that you guys have already done, I want to honor that. You know, if you disable one, it's just going to be washed over by all the others. So... More precisely, you're disabling the continual casting of it. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And also, once a spell has been cast, like once it's being actively cast, 
you know, you're disabling the effects. You're not stopping the casting. So just to kind of keep things in the D&D realm and how magic works. But also, to have some fun with it, of course, we're trying to disable these various spouts of magic that are creating the elven fog throughout the city. So, let me just look at dispel magic real fast. There's going to be roll in it no matter what, because you're dealing with magic being cast by a bulb itself. So you're making an ability check using your spell casting ability. Finnegan said he wants to help. Yep. Darvin, I don't suppose you have anything that you could do that you I don't could offer as help. I don't think so. Okay. All right then. Uh, so what kind of bonus is Finny Fin 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 gonna give Ariar Arnis? I'm saying it like that because I know I'm gonna cut it. Um, <laughs> I think advantage. Yeah, I'm not gonna even mess around with numbers here. I think with all the work that you've put into it so far and Vinning and continuing to lend assistance. This is advantage. So I'm literally just making like a. Uh, you're case. making an ability check with your spell casting ability. Because that's how dispel magic works. You had advantage, right? Yeah, I did. I rolled two. I got a seven and an eight. Well, it's better than a one. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I mean, it is better than a one. No, but it's, it's not way good. better than a one. I got a 13 total. Okay. Okay. Arnis. You begin casting Dispel Magic. The bulb is large, and these elven fog cloud spells are spouting from multiple places. With 13, you're only getting some measure of success. You're disabling a couple of the spots right now, but there are still more. There are still more places where it's coming from. Higher up in the city, people can't tell the difference yet, but if this were to be maintained, the amount of elven fog would lessen, but not go away. From where you're at, you're not sure if that means it would be off on certain floors, but on on others, or if it would just be a thinner fog cloud throughout. But you know your work's not done, so more will have to be done. Okay. You could either try additional castings of this, or if we wanted to get weird, we could do stuff with divine charges to try to maintain and spread the effects around. Okay, well... Before I do any of that, I would like to ask how long it has been since we got Antidius's message. That's a, that's a good question. Considering all the arcana and the investigation and the history stuff, I mean, I know you guys were all working simultaneously. And this... Wow. See, there's been one, two, three, let's say about half hour, 45 minutes. You know, giving you a good solid 10 minutes for each of those checks and some discussion time in between. We could round that up to an hour if you really want. I really don't. No? <laughs> so, okay, knowing that, I was expecting you to say two hours, so I'm um, all right. No, 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 no. I, I, I would have warned you if you were at the halfway mark. Here's a question I'll put to the group. I can tell that what I'm doing is working, but... It's going to take a while for me to finish it. So the question is this. Do we want to go talk to Antidius and tell him we have a solution? Or do you want me to see if I can just finish it? That's Darwin or Finn and whatever. Who? Anybody? I say the second. I say we just see if we can finish it. Yeah, we've got time. I mean, it's not going to take us three hours to get up to Antidius. So keep going. Okay. That's all I need. In which case, before you try anything else. Okay. 
Finnegan, you left Cyril upstairs. Mm-hmm. And thanks to your wonderful connection with Cyril, the two of you can communicate telepathically as long as you're on the same plane. And she tells you in your head, um, does she refer to you as Finnegan? Mm. Well, I know she wouldn't refer to me as master. That's not something that Finn would be down for. Yeah, that seemed like a stretch. No, I'm the only one that she can communicate with this way. So it's probably something like, 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 sir, like a little formal, but not like nearly as formal as like master or guardian or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm. All right. In which case, as Arnest takes a pause, do we keep going? You hear Cyril in your head, sir. People are coming. Your footsteps. Uh, in my head, I think back to her. Uh, stay near the hole. I'm on my way. And uh, I report this back to Finnegan. And or no, to I yourself? To, uh, <laughs> I say to, uh, to Darwin and Arnis, uh, hey, it looks like we're right, ready to have some company. Uh, I intend to go up and help Cyril to hold him at bay. But uh, maybe Darwin could join me. This could be a little easier, both to get up there and uh, to deal with if you catch my drift. Didn't think about a way up. And there's the Dude, rope you is can still make there. Pillars of rock too. Oh <laughs> but yeah. Also that. That's probably yeah. faster than. We're probably in a hurry, huh? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Let's see about making some rock pillars then. To, to right. shoot us up there. But right, not let's... to steal off the cabin. We need like a. Goonies-style slide back down or something. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I could just jump, so we just need a hole. Yeah, that, that fissure is still there above you. Your pillars are... I don't think you need to worry about your pillars blocking that hole entirely. Okay, good. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely on terrain of natural origin. It's still stone. Older stone than what was above, but still stone. I think if you want to spend two charges, one for each of you, you could easily just elevator yourselves up. Okay, that's what I want to do. All right. Oh, this isn't the first time you've done this. I forgot you did this to get on the boat. This is the first time bringing someone else, though, isn't it? No, you launched everybody onto the oh, boat. forgot about that. Cool. Just to be clear, is this launching you all up, or is this just swift elevator ride up? Swift elevator. Okay, okay. You don't want it to shoot you into the air when you get to the top. I mean, as cool as that would be, it would work out okay for me. It's not necessary. Yeah, and I don't think Ben could handle it. You could do it for yourself, Darvin. Oh. Well, then, yeah, I'd like to launch myself okay. a little bit. Just for a little bit of flavor. Just a little bit of flavor, that's all. All right, cool, then. You spend these two charges. Does this hand on the ground mm -hmm. to summon the pillars? Is this kicking the leg sword the into the ground? I like hand on the ground. Okay. Hand on the ground, and the two of you start zooming upwards. Fit again when you get to the top, just a little bit higher than ground level. There, there's a slight ooh, feet almost leaving the ground. But Darwin, you're shooting up a little bit faster, and you get to get launched up in the air. And what does it look like as you tumble in the acrobatic sense down to the to the floor level? I'll do a couple flips. <laughs> nice. Darwin gets to be all. Fancy and extra, does a couple flips, lands on the ground. No rules for this. This isn't dangerous. <laughs> I mean, it's only like 
10-ish feet. So it's all fine. You find yourselves back up in the wind-down room. Cyril is waiting there by the fissure. And yeah, at this point, you can hear footsteps. And a banging at the door. Like someone is trying to knock down the door. Finnegan or Darwin, what do you want to do? Can we set up behind the door for when they get in? I don't see why not. I like the idea. The door, they're trying to bang in to get the door. I'm going to, what I'd like to do is like lay a hand on Cyril, make her go big, and then stand opposite Finn on the other side of the door. So when the door opens, um, all they see is Cyril. You, you, you want to stand opposite of yourself again? <sighs> okay. <laughs> I understand I made a mistake. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's okay. Um, when you say you want to make Cyril big, does that mean you're removing the harness or you're casting in large on her? No, I don't think I, I did not leave Cyril in the harness when we went down. So it would be casting in large on her. Yes. Okay. I just want to know which scale she is. So she's going to be large. Okay. Cyril goes large. Finnegan and Darwin, you take spots on either side of the door. As you hear someone trying to knock down this door. And after a few moments, the door gets sent crashing down to the ground as this big guy, this is really big, kind of beefy, not like cut muscular, just big barrel of a guy busts through shaved head, breastplate, some plate mail on the legs. What kind of weapons does he have? Ah, paramaces at either side, hanging from either hip. Bash the door down with his own brute strength. Sounds of more coming, but he's the first one to break in. And there's, yeah, he's looking around. He's confused. Doesn't know what to find down here. But as he busts in the door, Darvin Finnegan, do either one of you want to do something? Attack, I guess. (laughs) You're the one who gets the stealth bonuses. So if you want to do that, then you do that. Is there room? Oh, yeah, yeah. When I say he knocked the door down, like he didn't knock it in. The door fell down onto the ground. Like forward? That's Yeah, cool. like forward. And he stepped through. He sees Cyril, but he hasn't noticed either of you yet. So if you want to make an attack, your first one will have advantage. Nice. He not know you're I would, there. I would like to do that. Okay, go for it. I got a 24. Oh, that's going to hit. Get him. For 16. Oof. And... Is this right. a complete turn? Do I get more? Oh, yeah. No, that... Full turn. Go ahead and take as nice. many actions as you have available. Okay. Second sword is also a 24. <laughs> for 14 damage. Okay. And last, I would like to throw a punch. All right. Go ahead and punch him. Dirty 20. That's going to hit. <laughs> for nine damage. Okay. Okay. That's all I got. That was brutal, Darwin. He busts down the door. Before he can even fully assess the situation, slice, slice, punch, quickly turns and notices both of you there. The two of you can still hear more footsteps coming, rushing down the hallway. But Finnegan, what do you want to do? I want to use my action to try and close and relock the door. He knocked it onto the ground. Oh, he like knocked it full off its hinges. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I guess I can't do that. <laughs> Unless you have some other magical wall abilities. 
Give me one second. I'm looking at something. <laughs> okay. Darn. I was going to try and create an illusion of the door being on the in position still, but the maximum the illusion can be with minor illusion is five feet. So it wouldn't have bought us much time. It would have bought us a little, but mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. can't do it. So with that, then I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to just go little basic here and run up to the dude and chuck and grasp him that's a good idea go for it he's wearing metal yeah that's why i'm going chuck and grasp mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i get advantage Ooh, it's a 19 on the die that's gonna hit it's a 30 total uh, yeah you've successfully grasped him 11 damage all right shocks him very well and he's disoriented for a moment, so if you need to step away. Yep. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and step away over by the door, kind of hiding inside as the new guys come in. I don't want to be an obvious view. Ah, gotcha. And then Cyril's going to double, double tail whap this dude. Double tail whap. She's big. Let's go. Uh, and she gets an extra D4 damage if she hits. Sweet. And she has advantage because tactics. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think a 12 is going to hit. No. 12 just hits the armor. doesn't affect him. Holy shit. It's a 12 again. I just rolled a 2 and a 3 and then a 2 and a 3. Oof. Cyril is big, but it's just not helping right now. And this guy's toughing through. All right. That's our turn. Okay, then. Well, since this guy is not down, he's going to grab both of those maces. And Darvin, he's going to take a couple swings at you. Both of them at the same time. Oh, that's not very good. One of those, righty is going to miss. But Southpaw here, uh, 17. Does that hit? Yes. All right. Get some dice. It's going to be 12 damage. It just smacks you with this right across the side. Okay. And then he says, after hitting you, very purposely after hitting you, what are you doing in here? And you can continue to hear footsteps approaching. It sounds like there's running. And Finnegan and Darwin, it sounds like that's a fight that's coming your way. Like, it's not just people running to help. It's an active fight that's coming towards you. As in, people are already fighting, or as in, we're going to have a fight on our hands? As in, they're already fighting with people. Like, it's a, it's a run-in fight. <laughs> oh. It gets a fight just to get to you. So, yeah. Meanwhile, though, Arnis, down in the hole, all alone, except you and your thoughts, and this giant ball of magic. What do you want to do? I want to do that thing, what I did, but again. And better? And better because I'm out of third level spell slots, so I'm going to cast it at a higher level. Okay, okay. <laughs> Which level would you like to cast this at? Um, I'm only going to go one level up. Let's go level four. Okay. I'm just going to reduce the DC by one. So, go ahead and roll it again. To okay. Ability check using your spell casting modifier. So, charisma. Better. That's a dirty 20. Ooh, 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 that's real good. That's real good. That's real good. That's real good. Let me just mark off a couple of things here. I'm just tracking progress. 
no on what you're up to. Okay. You're able to focus in a little bit more and spread around this dispel magic, and you're staying focused enough that you're not hitting things you shouldn't, but that care and that caution is causing you to need just a little bit more time. Like, you almost got them all, but it's not done yet. Maybe now it's just an elven water haze instead of totally foggy. At least, you know, once it works its way through the city. But as of right now, a little bit more work to do. Meanwhile, up there, you can definitely hear the fight has come in. You heard a door get knocked down. You heard magic. You heard smacking. So something's happening. Darvin and Finnegan, back up top with you. Darvin, you're the first to act again. This guy just hit you with a pretty big mace. And he asked, what the heck are you doing here? Um, I'm going to answer that. I'm just going to say, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll attack back. Okay. So first, the leg sword is a 16. That's not going to hit. Okay, second... Decent armor. Second is a 27. Mm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. 12 damage. Do you want to kill this guy? No. Okay. You knock him out. Where do you hit him to knock him out? With your leg sword. Like, I guess, does he have a helmet? No, he specifically does not have a helmet, just bald head and breastplate and some plate mail on his legs. Well, still like side of the head, but you know, like the, mm-hmm. edge the flat of the, of the blade. Yeah, yeah. All right. Gotcha. It still gashes him a little bit. There's still some blood trickling down, but it, you didn't open up his skull. And he collapses down nearest to the door. And you can continue to hear people running in your direction. And it sounds like crossbow bolts going off. And it sounds like magic being cast. And looking down the hallway, you can first see, coming around the bend, like four guards. And they seem to be firing back at people who are tailing them. It's still your turn, Darvin, in case you wanted to reposition yourself or go meet them in the hallway. Or you can do whatever you want in here. Uh, Yeah, it seems like... Man, that's risky, though, depending on who the other people are. Uh, Yeah, you said, like, four guards, right? Yeah. Okay, it's a gamble, but I think I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna head toward the guards. All right. How far away are they? At this point where you can see them, they're about 30 feet away. So you can get there, no problem. Well, actually... Actually, I don't want to do that yet. Because... Because then I'll get there and just stand there. Mm. I think I'd rather move on my next turn. Okay. Well, sure seems like they're also coming to you. Don't expect them to stay put. I know. Okay. So is that all you want to do, Darwin? Just making sure? What I do want to do is position myself on the side of the door again. Get another attack in that way. Another quick attack of opportunity as they bust through on at least one of them. Yeah. Definitely can happen. But first, Finnegan, it is your turn. You just saw Darwin knock this dude out. You can also see down the hallway... A running fight is coming towards you. They seem to be preoccupied with whoever's behind them, but they're coming. About four guards. What do you want to do? Gonna throw a ray of frost down the hall or whatever one is the lead of the group. Okay. Yeah, he's not looking at you, so you'll have advantage on this. All right. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a three and a four. <laughs> but it's a 15 to hit. Unfortunately, not good enough. You fire this ray of frost out, 
it just flies between them, it hits on the wall. Someone kind of notices it, but there's so much magic going on. They're not sure like if that was them or if that was the enemy that they're fighting. But they do know that their friend came in here first. So they aren't expecting to come in here and be alone. They just probably aren't expecting to come in here and be with you. <laughs> Anything else, Finn? Uh, nope. All right. What about Cyril? Uh, Cyril's going to take the opportunity to prep a, a move up to about 10 feet inside the door and prep an attack for the first guard that comes close enough to hit. Man, the first guard who comes in here is going to get fucking wrecked between Darwin and Cyril. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, Darwin and Finnegan, you can hear these guards approaching. They're running. They're firing back at whoever is chasing them. And one of them calls up down the hall in your direction. Buckley, I hope you got that door open. We still got company. And they're rushing down. And probably about five, ten feet before they get to the door, they turn away from the foes that are chasing them and start rushing into the room. Darvin, since you prepped your attack first, go ahead and you can take a swing at this first guard who comes through. This one, not as big as Buckley there lying on the floor. Chainmail and a robe over it. I got a dirty 20. Yeah, you're going to hit him. What are you hitting him with? Leg sword? Yes. All right, all right. Attack of opportunity with leg sword. All right. Forgot that I have to roll damage, too. That would be preferable. I mean, get to roll damage. 13. Mm. Okay. So as soon as this person busts past the doorway, they get a leg sword to the back, and then Cyril does what? Cyril's going to tail swat, tail weapon. All right. That's better. That's an 18 on the die. Yeah. 27 to total to hit. Oh, yeah, that hits. Jeez. Ouch. 13 bludgeoning. Okay. Wham with the leg sword. Wham with the tail. And this guard kind of stumbles into the room, almost trips over the fallen body of Buckley. Turns around and just like, fuck. Like, god damn it. Thought this was going to be a safer room. Clearly not the case. Their friends come running past as well to join them. They're not just going to stay there in the hall. They're already being chased. So fighting on two different fronts is bad. They would much rather just rush into the room. So now it goes big fissure, them, the three of you, and then whoever they're fighting as they're coming running down the hall. And you hear more crossbow bolts and arrows, pating, 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 off the bricks and the stones. And who is that coming running? Why, it is your very good friends and allies, Olwan, Sam, Rystos, and Asturias. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. 
Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.